There was only two games on Thursday, but we're going to break them down. We're going to look at waiver wire trends for fantasy basketball, update you on the news, and we're going to hear from the one and only, the legendary Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I was the biggest thing on the footy field. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore b-ball on TikTok at redrock underscore b-ball and on Instagram at locked on fantasy basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. Okay. Two games. Really annoying that we only have two games today. We're at 11 tomorrow. I've got a show previewing tomorrow's game, so we'll talk. We can go check out that uh, early up with some waiver wire streaming options. But let's just get into what actually happened uh, on Thursday across the NBA. We'll start, as we always do, by looking at uh, some of the news that might have broken since the last time I recorded just a few hours ago. And we did get the update on Brad Beal. He is doubtful, not, not shocking after what happened last game. And my level of concern continues to rise about this back problem. I don't think that it's ending his season or anything along those lines, but I do fear that this is going to be pushed out maybe in a week or so. There might be other flare-ups. I I worry that it might not be until December. Speculation. It might not be until December until he is maybe playing like a full load of minutes without setbacks. I don't know that. I'm just trying to read the tea leaves of what's going on. It's frustrating. I wish we knew this stuff in the preseason. Remember, this has nothing to do with why he ended last season early. Not Nothing to do with that. So we didn't actually know about this injury. It's just frustrating that it's crept up now. So I expect that Grayson Allen, Eric Gordon, they all get boosts in their production, as we saw in the last game they both started. Devin Booker is on the injury report for some reason. It's probable. We hope that doesn't mean something bad is going on because last game, Bill was probable and then he didn't play. So fingers crossed, Booker is okay. He looked right in that game. And then they'll slowly move his minutes up as well, dealing with that calf injury that has sidelined him so much. This, well, it actually hasn't sidelined him that much this season because it's his third leg injury. Yeah, third leg. Both Darius Garland and Donnie Mitchell are questionable. Garland missed the last game with a neck issue, Mitchell with a hammy. Now, Mitchell was a little bit proppy towards the end of that game on Wednesday. Nothing really came of it, but now he has popped up on the injury report. If both of these blokes don't play and Milk is out, Rubio is out, we're going to get 40 Karras Levert minutes. Isaac Okoro is still dealing with knee problems. Who the hell's playing? It is going to have to be my man, Craig Porter Jr. Unknown player, Craig Porter Jr. So if you play on ESPN... And let's, let's have a look. I tweeted directly at ESPN yesterday to see whether they could get their asses into gear and add a player who's actually going to be in the rotation in Craig Porter Jr. Let's see whether they listened to me or not. I will guess that they didn't. But let's go and have a look. Let's do a live check-in on the Craig Porter Jr. status. No, they did not. So there you go. I tweeted at them. They don't care that they are putrid. So there you go. No Craig Porter, and he might be starting for the Cavs tomorrow. We don't know about Mitchell and Garland, but they're obviously questionable. And then out of nowhere, Devin Vassell is out with groin soreness. Yuck. Another injury for Vassell. Keldon is going to return. Last time Vassell was out, they started Branham. 
and not Champagne. Champagne started for Johnson. So don't look at Champagne as an excellent stream guy. If they start him, then sure, grab him. Yeah, I like it. But they won't necessarily play him good minutes. Brandon would be the guy to target. And I think Trey Jones, or not, I think Trey Jones is also doubtful for the Spurs too. So definitely some big injury situations and a bunch of questionables. Jalen Brown, Christos Porzingis, DeMar DeRozan, all these guys, Giannis, they're all still questionable. RJ Barrett for tomorrow's game, Quentin Grimes, which could change so much of the valuation of a lot of different players across fantasy that we need to be uh, all, all on top of um, before the game's tip. Let's look at the most added players on the waiver wire over the last uh, 40 or 24 hours, sorry. Number one most added player was Dario Saric, started for the Warriors today. Not with Draymond Green out because he didn't start for Green. He started for Looney. We'll see whether he holds that job long-term, but I added him in a couple of leagues. We'll see where that how that goes. Duncan Robinson up 30%. Good ad. He looks like the major beneficiary from the Tyler Hero injury. Hayward Highsmith up 15. He started, even with Caleb Martin back, he didn't do anything, which we'll talk about in a second. He's probably just more of a streamer. Well, Jaime Huckers closed the game over Kyle Lowry, 30 minutes again. Now, the production was pretty muted, but he did have five assists. So I'm officially intrigued about Huckers if he's going to play more minutes than Lowry. We needed to see it because one game was no Lowry, one game was no Butler, one game was Lowry foul trouble, and we saw big minutes from Huckers. But they were all here, here in this game, and he still played 30-plus. So that makes it more intriguing. I still don't think there's going to be anything more than a 12-team streamer who will lose all value when Hero returns. But that's an interesting development. Um, I should have waited to talk about that later. Royce O'Neal up 7%. That's a stream for today. But the other one who's not really stream-related for today was Dyson Daniels up 7%. Whether he starts or not over Jordan Hawkins, I'm not really sure. But he's still going to be able to bring some rebounds and some assists and some steals in that position, whether it is starting or coming off the bench. Because I do imagine that he does play solid enough minutes either way. The most dropped players, probably get a little bit more information out of this one. The most dropped players over the last um, 24 hours, Mo Wagner down 10%. There's still no Wendell Carter back. But people reacted to last game where he didn't do anything. I still think that he is worth holding. Bismack Biombo down 9%. Obviously, once players don't score, people are done. They're out. Biombo was 0-5 from the field last game. Tillman was back. But it doesn't mean that Biombo needs to be dropped immediately. You probably will end up dropping him, but I'd like to give it one more game. At least. Sammy Hauser down 8%. Well, he could be back on the menu for streaming for Friday if Porzingis and Jalen are out once more. So keep an eye on that one. They dropped him because he didn't do much in that start. Uh, Benedict Matherin down 7%. You can absolutely have patience with Matherin, but the overwhelming amount of evidence that we have this season suggests that he is not a 12-team league player. You can have you can have patience again. You'd have more patience than him over Biombo and Wagner and Hauser because you feel confident in some sort of a role. But it doesn't mean that he's good at it. Killian Hayes down 6%. I'm expecting a piston starting lineup change coming really soon. Is that Hayes for Burks? Is it Hayes for Sasser? Is it, I don't know, somebody else for Bagley? Remains to be seen. Hayes is not a 12-team league player, so it's okay. And Malik Monk, again, just didn't score, so everyone dropped him. I still think that he can be worth holding in 12-team leagues. He can produce even when Fox is back. You don't have to drop as soon as someone has a poor game. That does not mean that every game moving forward is a poor game, much like when you add Rui Hachimura when he shoots 80%. It doesn't mean that production sticks all the way through. We've got to be better at this, me included, not reacting overly to um, one game's worth of data. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Christmas and the holiday season is coming up. 
There's Thanksgiving, there's other, uh, there's other religious celebrations that at times this can be really tough on people because of family stresses, anxieties, all that stuff can put a huge load on you and you and your mental health. Sometimes having some sort of bright spot is a great way to be able to balance out the difficulties that this season presents to people. This, it's a lot, there's a lot that goes on. There's work commitments, there's family commitments, there's people you might not like to see or interact with that you have to over this time of year and that can lead to a lot of mental health problems and this is a time of year when inquiries and uh, issues with mental health really spike and BetterHelp can be there for you. So if you're thinking about trying therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. So just fill out a brief questionnaire, you can get matched with a therapist who's the best fit for you and if that doesn't actually work out with that therapist, you can change to another therapist free of charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Game Time app. You shouldn't need to worry about buying tickets to your next big event, whether that's for you or for someone that you're buying a gift for for the holiday season, because it can be a frustrating experience. What's the best ticket? What's the best price? Where are the events? What's actually going on? Sometimes we ask ourselves these questions, it's all too hard, I'll just do something different. But with Game Time, it's easy. The stress is taken out. The pricing's handled. They've got the all-in pricing. They've got the zone deals. You want to save money? Just pick an area. And they'll go, yeah, yeah, sit here. And they, on average, 18% saving. What a great system. They've got the flash deals. Something's going on tonight, big fella. You want to go down and watch the local sports team play in the big match? Well, they've got their tickets for that as well. Everything is over there on the Game Time app. Easy to use. Great deals. Great guarantees as well. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the code L O C K E D O N N B A for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So that will bring us now, I believe, into uh, into looking at the games. First game, Brooklyn, Miami was the first game. The Heat get the victory and 122-115. Nothing remarkable about the scoreline, I don't think, there. But on the net side of things, no Simmons, no Thomas. So they went with that same starting lineup. And what do we do with Spencer Dinwiddie? The, the, this is what we talked about. I have no idea when, but we talked about it the other day, that the production from that one game without Simmons does not indicate that his value just needs Simmons to be gone because we've seen multiple examples of what happens to Dinwiddie without Simmons, and there's literally no positive or negative conclusion. It's either way. So he scored 10 points in 33 minutes. The seven assists are nice, but shot 22%, went four of six from the line, and he's really struggling. I think he's going to be a very clear drop, but I probably would hold with Simmons out. But once Thomas and Simmons are back, done. See ya. Bridges had 23, 7, and 5. He is performing much better with Thomas out of the lineup. And Nick Claxton, 16 and 6, three blocks, 100% from the field. We love that. He wasn't in the game towards the end of it. And the, he was taken out. Like He's playing in these really short stints, like four-minute stints in the start of the first half. He was out, in and out straight away, which is frustrating. But he's coming back from this ankle injury, which seemed to be relatively significant. The numbers are fine. He's a top 40 player already this season. He's, what, top 70 in points leagues. And it's probably going to get better. Cam Johnson is another one that some people are panicking on a little bit. 16-4-3 and three with three threes is not, it's not great, but it's not dreadful. So I'm not sure what the extreme panic is about Johnson. Just ride it. We love it. It's, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Well, it's going to be better than this anyway. 
Finney Smith went back to 32 minutes, 11 and 6 with three threes. His value is probably, well, not probably, it's definitely not as high as it was when he was playing a lot of center when Claxton was out. He's a 12-team streamer, same as O'Neal, who only played 20 minutes here. But it was a good game from Lon Walker. This is going to be the one, if I was doing a show tomorrow and I'd looked at waiver wire trends, Lonnie Walker would be one of the most added players because he scored 23 points. He also had three rebounds and one assist, and this is Lonnie Walker. Putrid rebounder, assister, stealer, blocker. He requires good usage and for the shots to go in at extreme rates. It wasn't too extreme, 50%, but he took 18 shots with a 36 usage. Like The Nets are not going to rely on Lonnie Walker as a 36 usage player, nor is he going to hit them at 50%. If you are desperate on a two-game day like today was for Lon, stream him in for points, no problem. But he just doesn't do enough and do it consistently or have a big enough role consistently for me to care about as a long-term thing. Dennis Smith, this is what he is. Like He usually gets some steals, and he didn't play particularly well in this game, but he had five assists still. Assists and steals, think about the way you use Killian Hayes. Does he bring value to your team? Well, Smith is a little bit lower than that. And then we're in a spot where we can see you know, what value that brings. It's not must roster, clearly, for Dennis Smith. He's just a guy that provides a little bit of value in some of those categories that can be a little bit harder to find. Dayron Sharp really struggled. He played 15 minutes. He also went with Trenton Watford at center for times in this game too. On the heat, Jim Butler looks like he is back. After looking, like, honestly, he, he struggled a lot to begin the season. And I won't say that he was quite on washed watch. I just want to do it. I just want to hit the button. Um, but we were a little concerned. He's all right now. 36, 5, and 3, 3 blocks, 63%, and 10 of 11 from the line, while Bam Bam had 20 and 7 with 4 assists. Let's talk about Duncan Robinson, 38 minutes. This man was out of the rotation last season, and I didn't know where he would fit this year, but he's killing it. 26 points, 6 triples. There's not much else there. But what we do know about Dunk is he is going to provide threes, and he's going to have a strong role until Hero comes back, and he is worthy of a 12-team role at this point. Kevin Love's getting the backup minutes, 7-9 and 4 backup center minutes. We don't do much with that. And Caleb Martin finally returned. 12 minutes, 6 points. I don't believe that we need to add Caleb Martin in 12-team leagues. He will play more than this without any question, but I don't think you need to add him. Well, Highsmith got 23 minutes, 6 points, not much else. We can probably drop him if we streamed him in for today. Huckers played 33 minutes off the bench, played a lot of the fourth quarter, if not all of the fourth quarter. 10-4 and 5. This is, the assists are really nice, but 14 usage. Um, for a guy who's probably not going to hold 33 minutes when Hero returns, just is, does not scream long-term to me. I still don't really buy him as this great permanent fantasy producer. There are going to be moments where he's solid. He's a solid enough 14-team league player, and this was a good game. Well, Joshy Richardson had 8-2-3 and three with two steals, and let's talk Kyle Lowry, because he played 24 minutes. He had three points. He Chris Gailed it. Three points, three rebounds, three assists, and three steals. You love the three steals. But the fact that he played only 24 minutes and he didn't close it out, in fact, he barely played. I don't think he played at all in the fourth quarter. Huckers was getting those minutes. That puts him firmly in drop territory. Now, the Heat do have a good schedule for the rest of the week. There's two more quality games for them coming. So look at your waiver ads. Can you afford to drop someone who you would actually use across these days? You may, you may not. Are you gaining anything from dropping Kyle Lowry and adding someone else for the rest of this week? The answer is probably no. Because this doesn't guarantee that Lowry plays only 24 minutes a night from here on out. Now, when Hero returns, I got he's clearly not someone we roster. And it was just like two days ago, I think, or two games ago, where Lowry had a pretty good line. But it is a little concerning that he was benched for Richardson and Huckers to play minutes over him. That's a, that is concerning, absolutely. I would like to give it one more game because he could easily have 14, 3, and 7 with two steals in the next game, and then we'll all scurry to go and add him. As long as he is starting with Hero out, I'm inclined to give it just a little bit more 
Although, he is very clearly on washed watch. How many times can I slide that in today? That's what she said. Um, yeah, and that's probably all we need to talk about from that game, I would say. Today's episode is also brought to you by, well, I do have Game Time up there, but it, I've already, it's already been brought to you by Game Time. It's actually brought to you by Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports as well. It's just you against the numbers. You're not against thousands of people with spreadsheets and dealing with salary caps and people who have way more time than you. It's just you against player projection numbers. You look at them, and you go more or less and done. That's it. You can win up to 25 times your money back. So you can look at all the, all the star NBA players, look at their points numbers, look at their rebound numbers, and you just choose more or less. Assists, threes, blocks, fantasy points, all those things, and put them together with other sports too over at Price Picks. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, an enormous, enormous selection of players and stat types as well. That's what makes Price Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. So go to pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA. The code is LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks is daily fantasy sports made easy. So let's, um, let's go in to the second game and the last game of the day, the Oklahoma State Oklahoma State? Jesus Christ. No, the Oklahoma City Thunder go in to Golden State and win again, and the Warriors are in some trouble. 128-109, the Thunder. Shea only needed to play 29 minutes, 24-2-7, two steals and a block. He shot 29%, which we put him under the lens the other day. I said, look, Shea's going really well, but there are some things that are going to fall away. But at least he went 9-9 nine of nine from the line, and that's fantastic. Chet Holmgren, 13-10 and 10 with two blocks. The Bronco, Jalen Williams, 16-3-5 with two steals. Another solid game. Josh Giddy, only 26 minutes, but 19-6 and six with three threes and two steals. Definitely playing better, the Slob Wizard. Lou Dort is not. This is not a surprise to anybody. He has fallen off. He was always going to fall off. He had five points with two rebounds and a steal. People think that I'm just biased against Lou Dort or something. I, I'm, I'm not. I just use the numbers and the data that he has produced for years and years and years. And the numbers that he put up at the start of this season were amazing. And you could ride that hot streak. It wasn't ever going to stay. And it hasn't. I think you can move on and treat him as a streamer. The Thunder were a team when we looked at the week four preview at the start of the week that we wanted to target towards the end of the week because they were the only team that played Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. And nearly all of the guys were rostered. On Dort, hold, because of the weekend back-to-back. Hold him, hold him. Because of that, drop him after that. There are only two guys that really stood up as like, maybe you take a crack and try to get the three-game volume in. Well, if you did... If you did, you'd be very, very happy with how that three-game in four-night slate stacked up because Isaiah Joe just casually dropped in 23 points with seven triples on 100% shooting. Didn't miss it. Only took threes. Hit all seven of them and then went two of three from the line. The only shot he missed was a free throw. Also added two steals in. Joe can do this. Joe is one of the best shooters in the NBA. He's got a 20-minute roll every single night. Tonight, he just absolutely popped off. Now, he might not do much of the other two games, but he might have 20 points across the next two games with six triples combined. He could very easily do that. That's why there's some value in him. And the other guy was Kaysen Wallace, who played 26 minutes here, had 10 points, two threes, four assists, and a steal. Shot 57%. He is one of the rookies who has been low-key, under the radar, really, really good. He's never going to pop with big numbers on this Thunder team because of the role he's in and the players that are ahead of him. But he will start probably next season, would be my guess, 
He's going to be a very good player. I had him rated very highly in this draft. And I'm excited to see the fact that he's just found his way into this role straight away as a young, get ready for this part, Kentucky guard. You know about Kentucky guards, yes? Kentucky guard. That is the biggest untapped potential always in a draft, unless you're Marcus Teague or maybe Toto Washington. But we love it. And he's already in a role and he's already doing well. And there's stream value in him across these three nights too. So hopefully you use that streaming schedule and grab one of Joe or Wallace because it is a fantastic start to your week if you did that. On um, yeah, on to the Golden State Warriors. Let's Let's do it. Yeah, um, should we do it? Should we call it? Because it looks pretty bad for Clay Thompson. That is washed watch 100%. Is he washed? I cannot make a definitive statement on that. I don't know. I just know that it was terrible and it has been bad most of this season. Five points, 10% shooting, bad shot selection, three assists were two rebounds. He was one of six on threes, missed all of his twos. Clay is outside the top 150 for points leagues. He's outside the top 190 in category leagues. In fact, he might be outside the top 200. Um, My projection has him around 120th rest of season in category leagues. If I am in an eight-team league, if I am in a 10-team league, you can get better value off the wire. You don't have to hold on to Clay Thompson, which sounds sacrilegious, but that happens to guys whose value is so highly tied into being a 20-point scorer on elite efficiency with threes who doesn't do anything else. And when those numbers aren't elite, it's a real struggle. And he's, he's doing nothing. I am not here to tell you that this is who Clay Thompson is moving forward. I, I can't tell you that. I don't know that. He started off last season poorly too, had a hot streak, and then was dreadful in the playoffs. And then the playoffs has carried over to the regular season to be the same level of dreadful, which again is worrying. But I'm also here to talk about fantasy value and the impact of holding on to someone like this. is what, like why we dropped Andrew Wiggins in week one. Because even if he does turn it around, what's the payoff? Is it worth it? And I think that's the same with Clay. Like, if Clay turns some of it around, he's not turning it back to top 30 Clay or top 40 Clay. Maybe it's top 80. Maybe. And maybe it isn't. So I'm not sure that it's worth holding. I'm not sure that Clay Thompson is worth holding. And that's an amazing thing to say. Chris Paul provided some numbers, which is great. We keep rolling with him while Steph is out 15, 3, and 8. Then we see what happens. But what about Brandon Pajemski? 25 minutes, 13 and 8 with three threes. And Steve Kerr wasn't lying when he said he's a part of the rotation. Sixth man, first guy off the bench. He had some early struggles. He was the team worst minus 26, which is a worry. He's a guy that I'd be putting a lot of stock in investing in long term. He just knows what to do when he's out in the court. And he's a very good rebounder for his size. He can generate defensive stats, assists, and threes, and scoring. He's got an unbelievably good fantasy profile, like unbelievably good. Don't look at his numbers from Illinois, but look at his numbers from Santa Clara. They were unbelievable. And we've seen it in NBA action, in preseason action, that the fantasy numbers, they flow through him. They're great. He's not going to be a must-roster 12-team guy this season unless they make do the unthinkable and bench Clay and start Pajemski, which they're not going to do. But for now, we can roll with him and stream him through. The other guy I really like on this team is Moses Moody. And I thought, what? They kicked him out of the rotation. Zero minutes in the first quarter. I went, oh, no. Then he played the entirety of the second quarter. He ended with 12 points, Moses, with four rebounds and a block. He's not a guy that's going to accumulate big fantasy stats the way that Pods does, but he is just a really good player. So how they use him is going to be key. On to Wigo, 12 and 6 on 46%. Honestly, probably his best game of the season. Still not worth me having outside of streaming. And then the center spot, Sharich has got it. He's ahead of Looney 
And I don't think that's necessarily a Draymond thing. It might be a Steph thing because he started before Draymond got suspended. But it might be a Steph thing. I added Sharic. I'm holding Sharic. And we'll see what happens when guys come back. While Looney had a double-double in 19 minutes, good numbers, good rebounds. That's what he is. He's a rebound specialist. Sharic had 12, 3, and 4. The big one is, is John Kaminga, who's been dreadful all season. They made the move and started him in place of Draymond, even though last game with Draymond ejected, he played 16 minutes total. And he did pretty well. 21 and 6. Not pretty well. That's really good numbers. 21 and 6. Um, 62% shooting. 28 usage. Took on a big row, role. With with Clay being shithouse, with Wigan struggling, with no Draymond, with no Steph, he stepped up and did well. I wasn't sure what they were going to do with him. He's honestly been dreadful. He's been outside the top 300 in category leagues this season and 211th in points leagues. Like That's really, really bad. But if he's going to start, and I think he will for the next four games at least, yep, go with it, roll with it, stream him, no problem. Fine. They made that decision, which they didn't do last game. They did it here. Great stuff. Let's let's go with it. I think that Sharich, Kaminga, and Pajemski are all having 12-team league value over this little short period of time. I don't think that any of them will maintain 12-team league value outside of perhaps Sharich. If they continue to start Dario and he plays 26 or 27 a night, then yes, he will be a 12-team league guy. It's why I did prioritize adding him over Pajemski because I think he can give value now and he can give it as we move forward, although I'm still not 100% sure of that. Shout out to Guy Santos as well, getting his first uh, NBA minutes. The other thing to help with Moody and Pajemski, by the way, is Gary Payton, the doctor. He got injured. Hurt his ankle, I would expect a little bit of time off. So him and Steph being out means that Moody and Pajemski are going to have to carry uh, all of the guard minutes in this um, uh, in this second year. They're, they're just going to have to because no one else is going to do it. Where does that bring us to now? Well, brings us to talking about the streams of the day, recapping that part of the show. So let's, uh, let's do that. And there were only two names that we had to look at on today's slate. Well, where did it go? What happened there? I thought I pushed it. Oh, no. That's better. Um, oh, that's the wrong slide. That What a disaster. I'm as washed as clay. Let's look now. Stream of the day. It was Dario Saric for nearly every format and Hayward Highsmith for the very deep league format. The Saric one, I think, worked all right. 12, 3, and 4 with a steal. Would have, look, Kaminga would have been a better stream. Absolutely. The deep leagues, Highsmith didn't really do anything. So that's probably an owl. The Saric one's pretty good. And I think that is going to hold. You know, we could have had Kaminga in there. We could have had Pajemski in there. There were quite a few options as we covered on the streaming show for Thursday. Uh, the other day. So good to um, good to get some numbers in. Wasn't a perfect night. It very rarely is. That's just the way this stuff goes. Let's do the monstrous line of the night now. The best performer of the day. I don't think there is a debate on this one because he's my butler. He's Jim. 36 points, five rebounds, three blocks. The usage has gone up the last couple of games for Jimmy with Hero out. So that's something to watch. His shooting numbers are up. He's also taking a lot more threes this season. And he's hitting them at a very high rate. Is this Jimmy now? Because he did turn that on in the playoffs last season. I don't know whether that holds or sticks all the way through. But that's something to note. That he is taking more threes. And he's hitting more threes. Very, very intriguing little development there from old Jim. The waiver wire line of the night. There is only one answer to this one. You know who it is. He plays for Oklahoma City. And he banged in seven triples. He had 23 points. His name is Isaiah Joe. He hit seven of seven from three. He also added in uh, two steals for a little bit of extra sauce on top of it. But he, Isaiah Joe, is your waiver wire line of the night. The younger of the night, it was between two Thunder players. Because he's a first or second year award. And in the end, the Bronco Jalen Williams was pipped by Chet Holmgren, who had 13-10 with two blocks. And lastly, lastly, 
we, I don't know which stinger to play, to be honest. We'll hit the first one because it's time for the dud of the night. Um, and then we'll hit the next one because I love doing it. <laughs> the dud of the night is Clay Thompson. I'm not shoveling dirt on his grave because I'm not sure that he's dead yet, but it's not looking good. Five points, two rebounds, 10% shooting from Clay. I want him to turn it around. I think he's going to be better than this. I'm not sure you have to wait in fantasy just to get all that clear. The top six players for today. We will start where we always do just by looking at the um, category league production here. Um, number one was Jim, followed by Shea Gildas-Alexander, Isaiah Joe, Chris Paul, Bam Adebayo, and Chet Holmgren. Your top six players who are rostered in under 50% of leagues. Isaiah Joe, stream for the back-to-back on the weekend. Duncan Robinson probably should be rostered. Brandon Pajemski, yep, streaming while these guys are out. John Kaminga, yep, happy to stream him now. Kevin Love, not really. And Dorian Finney-Smith, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I'd still prefer like a Sharich um, over him there. And then lastly, your top six performers in fantasy points leagues for today. Number one was Jimmy Butler, followed by Shea, Bam Adebayo, Nicholas Claxton, Mikael Bridges, and... Isaiah, Joe, and that, folks, brings us out of today's show. So follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.